How are you? Thanks for joining us again. This is the Brutally Honest Podcast with Harrison Barron, and today I'm joined again by James Rocker. How are you, James? Good evening, Harrison. What's happening? The uh, Michael was with us. Uh, Michael parted, so we uh, we cut and uh, we started a new a, a new episode. I love it. So that, that's a little little Bill Burr, uh, man, myth, legend. Love that man. I love it. I love it. So uh, we're about we're about to go back into getting uh getting fucking deep. Um, in the I think we're gonna go a little more in the technology sphere. Um, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna talk about a little cybersecurity, a little bit of uh, maybe a little bit of hacking. I'm sure I've gotten actually a substantial amount of questions from uh, people not affiliated with uh, my uh, not affiliated with my company, but asking about uh, hacking and how hacking works. So maybe James can enlighten us on on that aspect. Um, as well as a couple of other things, I'm sure uh, I will be bringing up over the course of this this episode on uh, technology and whatnot. Yeah. So thanks, Harrison. I appreciate it. It's it's good to be back over here, and uh, we took a little break. We did as, take a little break. Uh, Mike took off here. Yeah. So you know, uh, back in the last episode, we were talking a little bit about how I got started, and I really lived with these guys that were super smart in college, and. I don't know if they'll ever listen to this, but uh, they were top notch. There was about there was three of them. They know who they are, and um, these guys were into all sorts of stuff. They were, um, you know, they were into the they were into the college network. They were into we were into Blockbuster. We were into we were doing all sorts of stuff. These guys, and um, you know, they were um, part of the twenty six hundred organization which is the uh basically the hacker underground hacker organization now now most people probably know know the term anonymous or what an what anonymous is some uh, some people actually don't they have they actually have no clue they've never even heard of it um but uh you know different hacktivist uh organizations if you will not saying that these guys were part of it but uh certainly followed it very very closely um and when you're when you're plugged in to sort of an underground world if you will there's knowledge that's there there's information that is um not accessible to other people um mainly it is accessible to other people just other people or let's just call them regular old joes don't know how to get to that information um and that's because you need to be skilled in different technologies i mean mainly mainly networking you know um when when we first when i first started learning um to date myself a little bit i guess it was about 19 1999 or so was kind of i mean i was in contact with computers before but um like for example the first computer i think we had in our house was a commodore 64 right to date ourselves a little bit and things went on with that thing but you know in college we um we really didn't have uh you know everything was 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 fairly new so um you know networking was really where i got my kind of core understanding and really everything revolved around around networking and uh, ports and tcp and different protocols and other things that we were basically uh you know, doing. In, in fact, uh, I lived in a uh, apartment at the time down in Greensboro, North Carolina, where I went to school, University of North Carolina. And um, 
and uh, in Greensboro, we were the first apartment, or at least we were told, you know, whether this is true or not. I mean, we were the, the guy was like, you guys are the first ones with a cable modem. Man, this is cool stuff. And we were like, wow, this is awesome. We, we, were, used, we were used to dial up, and uh, I remember we were the first, first guys with a cable modem. And, um, you know, you couldn't go out to the store, you know, and buy a Linksys or a Nicky router. It didn't exist. You couldn't, like, drive to Radio Shack or Best Buy or, you know, back then, Circuit City, whatever the hell. Oh, my right? God. The good yeah. Circuit City. There you go. So, you know, that wasn't that wasn't an option. Um, so you had to, you know, hack, essentially hack your own thing together. Right? You talk about the term hacking, right? So I think a lot of people have to... You know, different terminology for a lot of different things. Um, you know, hacking. What does hacking mean? You know, you see people, oh, I hacked my life, like life hacker, this, that, the other. You know, I hacked my phone. I, I hacked, uh, you know, whatever. So it's it's gotten kind of a dirty, a little bit of a dirty name. But, um, you know, really what we focus on uh, at our company at the nerds is to protect our clients and i think having grown up you know so to speak learning about you know different things on how these guys are trying to access you or trying to breach things or trying to break into things has kind of really helped me keep a lot of things secure um you know these were, these were guys that were changing their grades you know, you hear about the kids that change their grades in school and this and that. I mean, smart until you get caught. Yeah, right. So Genius. these guys didn't get caught. You know, so you know, there's different levels of of hacking, and um, you know, there's so many there's so many different levels. Like for example, if you walk away from your computer, right, and you you get up to go to the bathroom, uh, and you forget to lock it, let's say, right, and I jump over there and I do something on it that alters, you know, that let's say just compromises your security now, right? Yep. I mean, did I did I just am I a genius now because I hacked your stuff? No, it's. Right? I mean, anyone could do. I mean, anybody could that, do that. Yeah, right? anybody that knows <clears throat> slightly of what they're doing to put the right software on there. Could, now here's the difference. Right? Here's the difference. People that think like that. Yeah. They're just waiting for you to walk away. They're waiting for you to make a mistake. They're waiting for you to click on the wrong link or whatever, right? To compromise you. Um, and it's interesting, my brain works a lot like that in those defense mechanisms, um, and I think a lot like how these people are essentially compromising, and which I think gives me a, you know, a one-up on a lot of things. Um, I remember, you know, I think I, I think I personally, like, people were like, oh, you know, the millennials, you guys are so lucky, you know, you like, grew up with, you came out of the womb with a device in your hand, you know, and it was like... Ugh. You know, like you probably you, 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 you probably hate hearing that, right? But you I know, I don't hate hearing. It. I just because I I do partially agree with it. I mean, I had a I was fortunate enough to have my parents buy the my first computer when I was my first own computer when I was like I don't know probably thirteen fourteen years old where I told them kind of like what I wanted. And I always had that like dream computer, like an XPS machine from Dell. And I was like, "This is the greatest thing. <laughs> this is the bee's knees right here. This is the fucking. This is the greatest thing in the world." And now it's, and now looking back, and I'm like, "Wow, my computer, the computer I had back in the day, really wasn't a bad computer. It was still, I think I had, I mean, maybe like a Core Two Duo, maybe an i3 processor with either two or four gigs of RAM, and and 
probably like a 250 gig hard drive. But that was that was shit 10 years ago. Dude, that's amazing that you just gave those specs because are you ready for this? Yeah. Down in Carolina when I was down there for college, 1999, I begged my parents for a computer. I kicked and screamed because they were expensive. Yeah, super expensive. They spent, I think, it was about eighteen hundred bucks, eighteen hundred to two thousand dollars. And let me tell you what I got. I got a Gateway Pentium three, five hundred megahertz processor, with two hundred and fifty six megabytes of RAM. I can't tell you the hard drive, the hard drive space, but it was probably a twenty gig hard drive. Yep. Okay, IDE. Okay, I had a seventeen-inch. I mean, that was a big monitor. It was a seventeen-inch <laughs> my, my CRT. Okay, right. So <laughs> everyone knows what a CRT is, right? It's a cathode ray tube, right? It's a the big deep televisions, right? Yep. Okay, I had the Boston Acoustic speakers. Okay, the people that are my age are like, "Oh my god, I had that same computer, <laughs> dude!" Two thousand dollars, and the thing was like, you would have thought I had a Mercedes in my dorm room. Okay, the thing was incredible. All right, we were downloading from Napster. Okay, we were the we were the first ones with the cable modem, like I was mentioning. We built a router out of some software and a hub. And yeah, hub would be like, what's a hub? So we built some, we built the software. I'll never forget the software actually. It was called Spoon Proxy. We built this router inside our place and we were able to get two computers out to the internet, downloading music. We had these bumping parties with the loudest music on the, uh, on the <laughs> campus because we had the latest and greatest stuff because we were downloading the latest and greatest music. Everyone was like, how do you have that song? Oh my God, I only hear it on the radio. How do you have that? You know, I was like, Oh my God, I instantly became cool because I was a nerd. And uh, yeah. I felt like that was like the turning point of my life, to be honest. Uh, when I was like in college, hanging out, having a party, and Napster made me cool. Because I wasn't cool. Napster made me cool. And uh, it was it was great, dude. It was It was amazing. But, you know, so you talk about like the first aspects of hacking. Well, what were you, what were you people doing back then? They were downloading music illegally, right? I mean, people are still doing it today. Um, yeah, that, I think that'll be a trend. You know, that the, never dies. I think that um, I think the music industry uh, and some of the companies finally got it right with the subscription-based situation that we're all dealing with now. So, you know, it's interesting. You look at a uh, technology revolution that we had. Um, a lot of people talk about the 80s, the music industry in the 80s. If you were in the music industry in the 80s, you made money hand over fist, right? And then essentially like the late 90s hit and the music industry got destroyed by Napster, by, Napster by everybody downloading everything yep. and no longer Lime paying wire. for music. They had to, you know, I think what's amazing about how companies can be resilient and why um, we always need to be on the cutting edge and we need to be doing diff things differently here is that, you know, they had to reinvent themselves. And they reinvented themselves, I mean, how genius, right? In a subscription-based monthly or yearly subscription model that has the whole world paying for music again. I mean, I, you talk about something... never-ending music, music I mean, payment. What's your, what's, your favorite, what's your favorite music? Uh, are you a Spotify guy or what are you? Uh, no, I use Pandora. 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 So, I, I, had, I like Pandora, too. And I had Pandora free, and I was like, you know what? For, I think I've spent three... 
$4 more a month. And I'm like, I don't have to worry about commercials. I'm like, this is a no-brainer. It's great. Uh, the, between that and, and the, whatever the other streaming services like Netflix, I'm like, for whatever, 12 or $13, I hand it out to my family and, and maybe some friends. And I get four screens. They all get Ultra HD. I get my I get two or three phones that could download videos and anybody that doesn't know you can download your movies and stuff like that on your phone now from Netflix and, and you delete them when you're done. So we're talking about hacking. So what does the world need to know about movies right now, right? Yeah. Does everybody have a Fire Stick? I mean, do oh, people everybody, have, has, a fire everybody stick. has a hacked Fire Stick, right? Yeah. Should we tell them what a hacked Fire Stick is in case some people don't know? Yeah. Yeah, why not? So a hacked Fire Stick is a is basically a uh it's a stick. It's a USB US or HDMI, yeah, right? It's Sorry, HDMI it's stick. HDMI stick that you uh, that you plug into your TV, connects to your network, and uh, you can buy them now. Uh, They're cheap though, twenty, thirty bucks. All over the place, and essentially, it's a you know I I was I was describing it to somebody the other day. That's that's my age. I said, do you remember the the old cable boxes that you used to buy that used to <laughs> fall off the back of the truck? They were called the unscramblers. I said, that's what you're buying. You're buying an unscrambler. Yep. I mean, you essentially can watch pretty much anything. Anything, uh, anything, and a lot of it. If you find the right spot, you can find live TV, live videos. It's I incredible. Mean, my wife's like, why don't we have one? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why. We, I guess I don't. Wa- I don't watch enough of movies or TV. That's the same thing. I don't know, have a, I don't and have listen a for the one for the price for the price. I mean, yeah. you, I don't watch TV enough. I, I guess I just uh, so so. Truth be told, like you know, I'm not I'm not drinking the sauce here. Uh, I don't. I do not have one. But uh, it is easy uh, to do what you got to do to get around certain things to uh, essentially have a good time with a free movie subscription. We're not advocating any of this, by the way. Um, <laughs> We're not affiliated with doing any of this. Work. You know, we, t- we talk about hacking, and um, one of the one of the things that I used to that I was a pain in the ass uh, a noob. Uh, you know, we so guys in the computer world uh, that first get in, you know, an experienced guy will pick on you like like anywhere else you know just like if you come into a company and you're the low man on the totem pole or you're in the fire department they call you guys probies uh when you yep. first come in yep. right Absolutely. so you know you're you know when you're in a fraternity or a sorority you know you're you're that uh you know that pledge or that associate member or whatever right that uh th- that you get picked on but um you know basically i don't know where i was going with all that but uh losing my train of thought here i apologize no, we're talking about uh, fire sticks, hacking, and then you rolled into. So, oh yeah, so I was being I was being a little pain in the ass kid, and uh, one of the one of the things that I that I really liked to do was uh, was this process called war driving. Um, the fuck is that? And war driving was when you used to take a laptop uh, and sit, get in the car, and we used to have this high powered. Um, so laptops didn't come with built-in wireless adapters, right? This was when wireless technology uh, basically started uh, coming to fruition in the industry, and everyone was getting these. You were you were basically this is the this is the time that you would be able to go to Best Buy and uh, buy a uh, Linksys router, if you will, right? And you just could pick one up, plug yeah. it at home, and you have your internet connection, right? Well. Nobody was securing these devices. So one of the things that we used to be able to do is what they called war driving. And you would drive around, look for wide open wireless access points. I mean, people are doing it now, but most access points are 
not wide open anymore. They're secured, secured right? Yeah. But we used to drive around, sit in front of somebody's house, connect to their Linksys, connect to their printer, print some stuff out, change their password, change their wireless, pa- you know, change their wireless SSID. Close little habit. You know, I mean, basic rookie stuff. But yeah. we were we were noobs. You know, we were we were we were we were. That's where I was going with that before with the probies. <laughs> we were we were basically noobs. We were just these rookie. Rookie IT guys, you know, trying to, you know, just, you know, trying to learn more, trying to understand what people are doing and how easy it is and, and essentially how vulnerable, you know, that's what hacking is. It's about being vulnerable. Uh, who's more vulnerable than the next guy? Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's the one thing. Think of it. If you're driving around a neighborhood and there's, you know, 10 houses, you know, and there's nine of them have wireless secured networks, well, you're going to go to the, you're going to go to that last one. Or the one that's not secured, and you're gonna you're gonna try to do your damage there first. I mean, the same thing goes with a lot of things in this world, right? But um, that's crazy. That's so yeah. smart. Yeah. So you know, I mean, not in a good way. But no, no. You know, you're listen, learning. Where you you learn, and and you know, and and there's other things like war walking. Um, people walk around Manhattan. Uh, this happens. This happens today. Like today, just today. I guarantee it. There was many people. Walking around Manhattan, war walking, hack, trying to hack into your wireless network, trying to hack into your Bluetooth devices, yep. trying to steal information off your phone. Um, something I've actually always wanted to make, and I think we're going to make it here. We're going to, I think we're going to make it here in the next coming months. Let's put it on the put it on the list. Write this down. But um, you know, and, you know, and we have to apply it to today's technologies. But a few years ago. Um, there was a lot of what we call blue snarfing going on. And that is Bluetooth or Bluetooth hacking, basically um, building a device that sniffs the airwaves, essentially, listens to airwaves going on, things that are being transmitted from your phone to a cell tower, to a wireless access point, uh, like an optimum hotspot, uh, whatever, Xfinity, your office, Wi-Fi, Starbucks, Panera Bread, whatever. Okay. And you intercept that data by capturing the airwaves and being able to use different tools to uh, essentially decrypt that data and pull out pieces of information that are viable to whatever it is that you're looking for. Um and there are people in the city, like like I'm sure there. Are, I'm I'm positive there are people that, you know, set up their set up their sniffer, go to work, come home, you know, look at the results, see what they found. I'm sure. You know. I'm sure. Absolutely, it's 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 happening. So, um, you know, it it it's in obviously in a big metropolitan place. You have there's different environments that, uh, you know, that you're, was, yeah, you're able to sure do a lot of damage. You know, unsecured. You know, so there's like things like that that we were doing that were that were pretty cool. But, you know, I think the you know, let's talk about helping protect people for a minute, because I think that's, you know, what our goal is. Um, and there there's a lot of cool stuff that we can do. Um, you know, like I mentioned, there's you know, n- number one is that if you know nothing today, you can with the right guidance, because we always talk about Google Foo, right? It, there are people that know how to Google search and there are people that don't. Uh, it sounds crazy, but two different two different people, you know, looking for the same information could have a totally different speed of results 
you know it's incredible so there's wait there's everything is out there right we already know that there's so much out there that you can find um and you can utilize that to the best of your ability so you can find all this information out that you know there's nothing that i'm telling you that's a secret um but let's face it there are things that are vulnerable things get you know there are vulnerabilities that come out okay what do i mean by that so you know when your computer has a win that needs a windows update well the reason that it needs a windows update most likely is because there was some type of vulnerability that has been already exploited okay a hacker or the security community has found that your windows computer that your windows server that your firewall that your whatever we're talking about okay has a problem why does it have a problem it's man-made yeah, we're not perfect yeah, somebody we're somebody, not perfect somebody might have made it and it was already it was already, okay. hacked, or, it was already tampered with or somebody found a, somebody found a workaround to get around whatever it is that we're talking about so if there's a vulnerability that's out for the computer and somebody has written some exploit code that's readily available and downloadable from the internet that you can essentially use to maliciously do whatever it is to that computer. Take it over, mm-hmm. extract data, record keystrokes, you know, whatever whatever it is that we're talking about. So it's pretty it's it's pretty intense some of the level of things that are that are happening out there. Um you know, this was I feel like this was some of the cool stuff that I learned, you know, from from these group of guys which I really, you know, I don't talk to talk to them a lot and I hold them really in high regard they don't they don't even know that i talk about them as much as i do it's actually it's kind of funny but uh, I'm, uh, sh- I'm sure if they found out and i mean maybe one day you'll reach out but i'm sure they'd find it very flattering that, yeah that, uh, yeah mike mike matt and alan these guys were these guys were incredible but um good times good times so uh you know um other things that we do to protect uh you know our clients is really just staying up on the news you know uh one of the terminologies is in the industry is uh zero day and zero day basically means today and it's very simple you know if i go write a virus in my basement tonight nobody knows about it just me okay and i release it to the wild that's it's a zero it's essentially zero day it's hit it's hit it's hit the wild nobody knows about it and now the companies are essentially racing to write an antidote or a fix for that for yeah. that problem right microsoft's writing a patch uh an antivirus company is writing uh a software definition update you know and different uh firewall companies are writing security policies in which to block whatever it is i mean it really is uh it really is just a crazy world out there that we're that we're living in uh you know um government sponsored attacks now you know people were like well you know do i have to worry about my neighbor do i have to listen you know like it gets so it gets so deep out there um you know and the and the worst thing that can happen is a government sponsored attack you know it doesn't get any more powerful than that i kind of use a uh top-down uh approach with uh with how really sophisticated these threats become um you know when you have an entire powerful organization uh essentially threatening whatever it is um you know this is a true story 
I was in uh, Las Vegas in November, and I was hanging uh, out. Supposed to go. I was hanging out with Michael Hayden, the former director of the CIA and NSA, and uh, he put on a presentation there at the Ingram One event, which was tremendous. Big plug to Ingram and my was it, was it huge? My SMB alliance. It's gonna be huge. It was huge, and um, you know this guy. I mean, dude, it doesn't get any smarter. I mean, the guy was tremendous. But talks about how he's like, yeah, he's like, we hack China all the time. We hack Russia all the time. But it's for the safety of the people. And we're getting hacked all the time. Um, and the sad part is that it's usually they're hacking us for financial or some type of personal gain. Um, we are doing the hacking. So we say, right? I mean, you can look at this any way you want, right? So yeah. we say we're doing it to, you know, protect ourselves. Obviously, there has to be some type of uh, security, uh, what do we call it, reconnaissance to, you know, make sure everything is cool, right? I mean, America is a very safe place. I don't care, you know, how you dice it, right? I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a Car great... Car bombings everywhere else in the world. Listen, it's a, it's a great place to live. I'm worried about well, being vegans be or there's crossfitters. A, there's a lot, of, a lot of bullshit, but come on, this is a great place. Um and, uh, you know, it's, it's scary. And then, you know, stepping down from that, you have big organizations that are um, geared towards cybercrime. They're outside of, like, government private institutions or organizations or groups that, um, you know, are doing it for monetary, uh, monetary and personal gain. Um, they just busted that guy. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Kingpin over in Nigeria. Uh, that um, trying to blank on his name. No, it was a no. It was it was flagged running out of the United States. It was an operation, and within within three months, within three months of basically inception for this organization. Are you ready for this? So let's just say to put a to put a time frame on it. Let's say that let's say they they created their organization in September, right? So they let's just let's just kind of like play it so people can understand. So like. A sleeper cell comes alive, you know, in September, mm. creates this hacking group. Uh, when I say hacking group, I mean series of botnets, series of computers that come together as just a major horsepower of machinery. And within three months, launched enough campaigns of malware, uh, of ransomware, excuse me, that they made $65 million just in the United States in three months on ransomware. For those of you who don't know what ransomware is, very This is simple. the real deal. Like, this is what... Is it... What did you pull up on the internet? What's the guy... Uh, I got... I didn't get a name, but I got $60 million, But $60 million. Yeah. And does it say three months? So, this is not... No, this is not information I made up. This was a... This was a security talk that I sat through. You know, with the former director, yeah, forty-year-old scammer of the CIA. Okay, right here in the United States, happening in your backyard. What is that? What the fuck is that? Noise? I don't know. I hear it. it's like the doorbell ringing or something. Is that your computer? No. Can the listeners hear that? Listeners, we're sorry. What is that noise? I don't know. That's really weird. It's over now. That I don't hear really anything. Uh, I don't know. Ice cream man is here. I was going to say, it's probably from, ice cream it's sandwich, probably from, chip whip from Burma. So, yeah, like whatever it is, $60 million in three months. 
Just do the math there. Uh, twenty million dollars a month. That's a that's a that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Well, it's not a good deal because you're stealing from everybody. But oh yeah, you know, if, if you make twenty million dollars legitimately, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> but these motherfuckers are criminals. And listen, you know, there, you know, we've had um, prospects right that have come to us, uh, clients that have found us through Google uh, or through referrals, and have had this problem of ransomware. And we've had to uh, take care of it for them. Uh, here's the sad part. If you don't have a backup of your data or you don't know what that looks like or you don't have an IT company taking care of uh, that aspect of your business or if you're large enough that you have a department to handle that, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't care who you have. That process needs to be audited. Um, you know, your backups are never successful until you do a restore, you know, I'll say that again, you know, you never know your backups are actually successful until you do a restore. I've had, we've had situations where backup data has gotten either corrupted or has been a problem. Uh, and that's a, that's a terrible day when that, that type of situation happens. The, the man is, I'm, I'm looking through the article, I'm like, I can't find his name. I was like, I don't, nothing sticks out and says, the man left unnamed mm-hmm. due to ongoing nature of the investigation. Yeah. Allegedly led a network of 40, uh, co-conspirators, uh, yeah. conspirators based in Nigeria, uh, Nigeria. yeah, based in Nigeria, Malaysia. So that, I mean, that's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, that, that he Every, was able somebody to said to me the other day, "Why is it always Nigeria?" I said, you know, they must have some type of uh, different set of laws there or something. It's uh, less, I, re- I, I less regulated. No, I have no idea. But um, yeah, I mean, but the whole organization was um, based out of the U.S. and um, they were doing their damage from uh, from Nigeria. So it's funny. It, it's not funny. I don't know what. Uh, w- one of the things that's actually not on my resume. I don't know why. Um, but I did some consulting work for uh, a security company for a short period of time. And um, we were always taught that, uh, you know, what we were basically taught kind of what the hacker does. And we were, and one of the things that I kind of learned, and it definitely holds, holds true today because we can talk about the Onion Network for a minute and, uh, and kind of how that works. But you, uh, uh, So if we're going to go to the Onion Network, the Onion Network is basically... Um, a way to go completely anonymous on the internet. So for anybody that doesn't know, when you travel through the internet, you leave basically a trail of cookie crumbs would be the best way to say it. So if somebody were to come looking for where you had gone, they just follow the trail of cookie crumbs that your computer leaves. They're actually called cookies where it'll keep a, a, a running log of where you've been. So if you go to Facebook and you log into Facebook... It'll leave cookies on your computer, and then when you leave Facebook, those cookies stay on your computer. So the next time you go on Facebook, it'll all be, it'll say, hey, you're already here. You're good to go. Come on in. The Onion basically pushes your computer's information through a bunch of different computers and basically takes those cookies and almost turns it into nothing where it's it's almost... from what I've heard, it's com- almost completely untraceable. I don't know if it's confirmed completely untraceable, where nobody lo- nobody will see that cr- that trail of uh, crumbs of where you're going. Pretty good. I was gonna say mm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty close. Not quite. Oh, all right. So, <clears throat> one of the things that we always spoke about was if you're gonna do something, you don't want to get caught, and 
for you to do that, you need to compromise a lot of machines before you actually make your attack. The hardest thing to do, I would say, seek, seek you know, let the secrets be known, is you need a hacker's toolkit. Okay. The scary thing is, is that you can go online now and purchase a hacker's toolkit for very inexpensive. There are hacker toolkits like the Angler toolkit, other 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 toolkits. We won't get we won't get into them. But excuse me, the the toolkits are essentially the means for you to uh, conduct your attack. And we've always been taught to that these hackers will hop from network to network. Okay, so let's take it. Let's take it. A step further and try to just keep it really uh, basic here for a minute let's say I'm in the United States and I want to and I, I want to do something I don't want to get caught you want to potentially compromise a machine let's say in England and then from that machine you want to compromise a machine in France and then you want to compromise a machine in Netherlands and Russia and Australia over here and over there and essentially once you get past every time you every time you just think of it you're hopping right you're hopping from network to network essentially so after you get past about seven hops the packets uh, on the headers of the of basically of what you're doing or the information that's being sent can get so convoluted that it can get so difficult to trace back um, and kind of how I describe those hops is what the hackers have sent, what what the community has essentially built as the onion network. Um, and, you know, if you think about an onion for a second, okay, take picture an onion, cut the sides off like you're going to peel it, and then you start peeling the onion, right? An onion is made of layers. And that is the only reason... Ogres have layers. <laughs> the only reason it is called the onion network... Okay, is because it has these many, many layers. And just like I mentioned before about hopping, okay, if you go from the U.S. to England to France to Spain to Germany to Russia to Netherlands to Turkey to Australia back to the U.S. to Canada to Mexico to Russia and you plan your attack from Switzerland, I'm telling you, it becomes very difficult to bring international law into the picture Okay, and you have now this convoluted mess of information that somebody needs to try to weed through, which becomes very difficult. So that's how it was before the Onion Network essentially was created. Now, now you can just jump on the Onion Network, and you've essentially got those seven hops taken care of for you. Okay, now I'm not 100% sold because one thing you have to remember when you're working on your local PC, okay, let's just say you're sitting at home and you're on your Verizon connection. Your Verizon connection has a MAC address. Your cable modem, your Verizon modem, whatever, has a MAC address that's associated with that modem, okay? That modem, that modem is tied to your physical address of your home. Okay, that, make, that puts you on the grid right there. You are on the grid. Okay, so people have to have, still have a level of understanding of what they're doing, when they're doing it, and where they're doing it. Um, you know, and, you know, that is, 
you know, that is something that I know is happening on a regular, um, you know, but people use that network to anonymous, uh, anonymously surf and, you know, go about whatever they need to, to do. I mean, there is some really, really scary stuff, you know, on, and, and uh, you know, a lot of other people call it the dark web. So let's just be real on the terminology here, what people yeah. are calling this stuff. But, you know, you can really find a tremendous amount of crazy shit on the dark so, web. So for people that are listening and that have gone this deep now, stuff that lives in the dark web or the onion um, is stuff like the Silk Road, and and, and then it brings into um, trafficking of humans, uh, ghost <laughs> guns, illegal drugs, um, and and the currency in the dark web is um, as of right now the currency of choice is called a Bitcoin. So if anybody that doesn't know what a Bitcoin is, it's a piece of virtual money that gets authenticated through algorithms that your computer processes. And each time that the algorithm algorithm is processed, it will authenticate it and give you a small sum of a quote-unquote Bitcoin. So as of right now, um, I'm actually going to check on this, but a Bitcoin trades at like $500. Bitcoin. You know, people are making a ton of money doing this. Yeah, we almost, we oh almost, we God, al- it just skyrocketed. Yeah, what is it at? Seven? A, no, eleven thirty-five. Yeah, look at that. We're so dating ourselves already. And, and you don't want to know what's sick? It was six, seven hundred dollars a couple months ago. Yeah, that's so that shows you the ransomware. Crazy. I'm about to do a HIPAA presentation, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, you know, HIPAA is a a huge, you know, huge thing right now with. Uh, you know, with, with the health industry, of course, as everybody knows. And the violations alone for, like, 2015. So, like, take the whole year of 2015. They've ordered, like, whatever that number is. Let's just say it's, like, 10 million. They're already at 10 million in January of 2017. Yep. Of yeah, the fines. The it, fines, I mean. Yeah. Of, of organizations that are being fined for HIPAA violations. It's crazy. What does HIPAA stand for? It stands for the health inopera. No, nope. health insurance, health insurance portability and accountability act. Oh, I didn't it. know that. Learn something new every day. I knew it. I just, can't beers. remember that shit. Beers. The, yeah, we had a few beers here. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, three hop, three hopsicle. Put you. You can't. You, you can't remember everything. No, you can't. There's too much information. Albert Einstein said, "Right? You know what he said." No, he probably said some things. He said a lot of smart things, but he said the one major smart thing that he said was if you can write it down, then you don't have to remember it. So write shit down. Or Googleify. Google Foo. Google, oh, Google Foo. <laughs> Just Google it. Have your Google. Learn how to Google. Become you know, a master at the Google. Do you write down your goals? Speaking of writing stuff down, do you write down your goals? No, I should, though. You know, like 2% of people write down their goals. I'm not the 2%. Do it. Try you the know, 2% milk, though. It fucking sucks in your cereal. Uh, 2% milk? It's horrendous. Really? It's basically like white water. It's disgusting. I used to eat I used to eat cereal all the time. Me too. Now? Let's, let's talk about... Let's never. get into some cereal. All right. Fuck let's, it. Let's, let's do it. Let's talk about some cereal here. Cyber cereal. Cyber cereal? Frosted Flakes? Captain Should Crunch? Frosted Flakes. Uh, uh, Captain Crunch. You want to know what was weird? Fruity Pebbles? Fruity Pebbles? 
Fruity mm. Pebbles was like the crack in my house. Really? That shit came. My mom that, would never let me. That box never came in that fucking shit. house, and we sniffed that shit out and and ate the entire box. It was like a race to get to the kitchen to eat the cereal first. That's meant. Probably explains why I'm fat. But besides the fact, um, pleasantly plump. Pleasantly, I like that. Fluffy, uh, or or hard to kidnap, <laughs> as Daniel says, hard to kidnap. You are hard to kidnap. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, what is it? Um, what about honeycombs? You ever honeycombs? For like a quick minute, it was good. There was a couple cereals that were great when they were on TV. All right, how about Honeycombs is one of them. How about healthy cereals that we think are healthy but not that healthy, like Frosted Mini Wheats? Oh, they're fucking horrendous for you. They're all little <laughs> cereal killers in that fucking little what about box. Life, like Life too. That's not good for you. I, uh, life. Was None like, of this shit is good for you. Um, Where's Mike? We need Mike back to tell us about Monsanto uh, and Raisin Bran. Oh, I like Monsanto, you but do. I got. I'll go deep with Mike one night, but. uh Raisin Bran, Secret Ninja. Never yeah. realized how much sugar was in there. Not a raisin guy. I wasn't either. But you the only know what? raisins I can the ones cereal. that are chocolate covered. Chocolate covered raisins are good. Chocolate covered espresso beans. Chocolate Dark chocolate covered. Chocolate espresso covered espresso broccoli. No. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to eat broccoli, chocolate covered. <laughs> I, had, I had burnt broccoli the other day. At, uh, it was George. Uh, yeah, George Martin strip steak in uh, East Side for Valentine's Day. That's from Seinfeld, by the way. If we have any Seinfeld listeners, maybe. Maybe I'm sure there's. I'm sure there'll be one. Newman, the, goes, uh, Newman, you wouldn't eat broccoli if it was deep fried in chocolate, chocolate sauce. God, uh, you want to, you want to know what's scary though? I came home the other day, and I and I day after work, and I open up my fridge, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, like what what is there to eat? To try I try to eat the leftovers first before I go for like the the whatever the hot meal just to get get rid of the old food, and I go in the fridge. And there's a there's a bottle of Hershey syrup, and I'm like, oh, sick. I was like, all right, you know. And there's a green like label on, like a neon green label, and I'm like, what the fuck is this neon green label? So I look at it, and it's like five ingredients, all natural. I'm like, this is crazy that we are in a time where, in a time in a country, because I'm pretty certain it's not even allowed in Europe, but that they need to put a neon green label. That is on the container to tell us, tell me one that there's only five ingredients, and to two, tell me that it's organic. And I'm like, there's no way. How? Uh, who, it may, it probably is organic, but I'm like, how the fuck can they sell us legally non-organic? That means there's probably some kind of chemicals in it, and nobody quote me on this, but there's probably some kind of fuckery in any of that. <laughs> that yeah, fuckery. <laughs> and, I'm like, holy shit! They need to put a neon green label on a Hershey's bottle to show that you're, you're spilling beer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care. I saw, I saw it going over. I was like, oh, well, let's talk about that in a minute. Go ahead. Um, but I was like, that's crazy. They need to put a neon green label on it to prove that it's not that it's natural. And I was like, that's I don't know. That blows my fucking mind that they need to make it that much of a point. I'm sorry. I wasn't. I wasn't looking, but I was. I was listening, but I was. I wasn't looking at my beer when I was reading the side of the label, and I did actually spill some here on the table. That's right. It's good for the table. But it'll make the room smell smell good. But this is interesting. This is a Blue Point Brewing Company bottle. Yep. And it says that it was bottled in Patchogue and Miramac, New Hampshire. How does that work? How do they how do they do that in two places? Do they like do half the beer here and um one of the owners is on my list of people to get on the show. We got to get we got to so get this account. I will uh get it. It's all, actually it's owned by Anheuser-Busch. He needs a wireless spoiler list. alert. Anheuser-Busch bought really? it for allegedly allegedly. Yeah. I, I stress the word again, allegedly. 
24 to 25 million dollars. Hmm. Um, they just bought the Flows and Patchogue facility. Um, That's not enough, by the way. 25 million? Yeah, not Yeah, I don't think so. But uh, they just bought a whole gigantic building. Brick of Clouds was in there. Um, Flows, uh, Mr. D's Ultimate Fitness was in that building, and they just bought it all out, and they're going to re- knock it all down, apparently, and rebuild a new Blue Point facility. Hmm. Uh, because I don't want to say they sold out, but now they're no longer a, a, a small privately owned company. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's a. And I was gonna, I was gonna. Let, you were gonna correct you me, correct me earlier. Yeah, I was. I said, but I was like, but you were, you were on a tangent. I, I was interrupt. But uh, I was I, promoting small business, and I thought Blue Point uh, Brewing Company was still a uh, local business. But nope. listen, you know what? Remember what we were talking about before about taking a company public, you know. Probably the next best thing, if you can't take your company public, is to have it purchased by somebody. Who's public? What's that? Right. Who's yeah. public? So, you know, I mean, they got their payday. Uh, you know, who knows? I don't know anybody that worked there, but uh, kudos to kudos to them and the uh, Blue Point uh, guys down in Blue Point Brewing Company to uh, yeah, make I- it happen. You know, listen, they built a nice brand. I'll say that. Their brand, they got the name out there. Um, people of Long Island supported them and, you know, hopefully someday they'll be able to give back in some other way that, uh, that I'm uneducated on right now. So, you know, we can't, uh, go there, but, uh, good stuff, my, my friend. Good and, stuff. Anheuser-Busch is trading for a uh, 109.16 right now. Yeah. Nice. Little, uh, little out of my price range. Speaking of Anheuser-Busch, um, Budweiser, right? Also uh, Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. The, um. Claire Rose family, right? Yep, yep. We uh, have a direct relation to to them, and one of our clients is uh, is related to them, which is pretty cool. Uh, so we indirectly uh, have a little connection there, uh, which well, is interesting. Maybe so, maybe it'll be a client soon. We gotta tap. We gotta tap that resource. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, all good. So listen, you know, back to cyber and hacking. You can never be you can never be too safe out there. What's the matter? It's the weirdest fucking noise in the world. What noise do you hear? Pop a head, pop a headset off. You hear that? What the fuck? We have to go find that. All right, I'll I'll, I'll hold, hold the on. show. Yeah, you go hold take the a look. So, so for anybody that can't hear what what is what I'm hearing right now, it's some kind of um synthetic noises with bells. In a series, it almost sounds like it'd be a ringtone, but it's not a ringtone. It's just one way, so I'm, I'm assuming James might come back. But this is like the fourth time it's happened during the show. Oh, man. What was it? I feel bad. One of the uh, nerds left their cell phone here, and they must keep calling it. Oh. They must be... Maybe they're outside. Maybe the door's locked. Now it's uh, G G Meister. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Maybe he's here. My phone's not ringing, though. Is your phone ringing? Is anybody calling no, you? Calling yeah, me. no one's calling me. They would see our cars out there, so he can't be here. But uh, anyway, yeah, that was annoying. Sorry, sorry, listeners. Oh, my God, that was freaky as could be. I was like, what is going on right now? You know, I got a lot of the guys that work here late sometimes. Yeah. They tell me, like, they're like, hey, boss, um, I was at the office last night, and... Um, this place is haunted. There's there you go. no doubt about it. No doubt. Because uh, I've been here once. One night pretty late, and I've come in on like a Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, there's crazy noises. It's absolutely, like, I'm here a lot. I'm here a lot by myself, a lot. And um, 
Yeah, I hear all sorts. Yeah, of stuff. you hear some freaky. Uh, for so for the people that are listening who don't know who I haven't spoken to, the the studio is inside Nerds I Care, um, which is located over in Bohemia. But the the building when you're when the whole crowd isn't here and it's popping in the office. Uh, as those young millennials say, um, it's creepy as fuck. Like you hear like random like, it's not like oh the metal shifting. It's like a fucking bang, or like some like a knock, or like all of a Something sudden things drops. start to open and close, or wh- whatever the fuck it is. It, it is the creepiest shit. At like, I came in once and I was like, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll, you know what, I won't work from home. I'll just work in the office. I'll swing by the office. And I was in here for like an hour and I was like fuck this i am out of here i'll go home and work this is not this is too creepy to be to be in the office freaky yeah it's definitely uh unless you have like music bumping or a video playing or whatever just to keep your mind off the extra noises it's freaky as fuck i think people um you believe in ghosts i think uh i think so i do i do little part of me does i'll I'll come back let's come back to that in one second but i think everybody has a place that they are freaked out about, right? Or let's face it, if you're, you know, listen, you you make that late night target run and you walk out to the parking lot and you're like the only car out there or, you know, you're wherever and you just, you're by yourself and it's dark, right? Let's just preface that. You're by yourself and it's dark. A little creepy. You know, listen, there's something about that, right? And, and you know, you just never, you never know. You Somebody's going to listen to this and be like, you guys are a bunch of pussies. I go out to the parking lot all the fucking time. I don't have to worry about shit. You know, fuck that. You guys are a bunch of bitches. That's true. And I'm like, all That's right. True. We you are know, a bunch of bitches. You know what, manly man? You're welcome to come hang out with me because I am 250 plus pounds and you are welcome to stand by my side while I walk through the parking lot. But that shit is creepy as a motherfucker. A bunch of bitches that can hack your shit, ruin your life, and fucking take your, <laughs> take your company public. Fuck you. <laughs> So, but uh, do you do you believe in ghosts? I do actually. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if I should say this because they're probably listening. But um, in fact, I bought a house, purchased a home that I live in today, no, like the Amityville house, where a woman had passed away in my house that you live in today. That I live in today. It's That's awesome. True. She's there, definitely. She's definitely there. She watches over us. It's good stuff. No, if if it's I a good ghost, I can't it's, freak, it's I can't good. freak the family. I don't think my freak. house has ghosts, although I still get a creepy feeling. My house feeling definitely in it. has a ghost, but, no doubt. Um, I have a good buddy, and he'll be on the show, and I'll, I'll do a little name dropping. My my buddy Jimmy, um, his house is definitely motherfucking haunted. Really? No, oh yeah. It, and I listen. I don't know. Uh, I will make sure. I'm that looking when forward he's to on it. the show. He will. Uh, he will most certainly talk about the ghost episodes at his house. Um. Because I'm 99% sure he's, he still believes in him. But, There's some good stuff. Uh, his house is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous fucking house. But it is creepy you, as a motherfucker. You hear a sometimes. lot of things with when there's history in a home, like whatever. Um, you know, we... We did some we did some construction to our house. We knocked some walls down. We you know we rearranged some things or whatever. Um, but uh, I get a sense that uh, my buddy my buddy something uh, going on there. And I think it was just a dog ghost. But his dog had passed away, and um, a couple months later, he'd be sleeping in his house, and all of a sudden he'd be like sleeping, and the door would like open. 
and he would hear the. Oh, that's creepy. He would hear he would not footsteps, dog steps like that's do- fucking weird. Because the do- and he was like the dog is definitely in the house. He's like I could hear like I'd wake up at like the wee hours of the morning, or whatever middle of the night, and you hear like the little. I don't want to say I don't know if pattering is the right term, but he'd hear like the that's footsteps of the dog like walking up and down the hallway looking where to go, and his door would open like he'd always leave his door unlocked, and his door would just open a little bit, and and he'd hear the dog like come next to the bed, and the dog would just lay down. And I was like, dude, that is fucking. That is a little creepy. Why? I can picture that. Actually, that's a. Dude, you just, you played that well. Right? I can picture the door opening, the door, like a, a dog scurrying in. Like, yep. I, can I mean, a small. And it's not oh. like. It's not like he's got a big room, too, where he's got this fucking mansion house. I mean, it's a small room made for one person. It's a twin bed. I'm picturing that dog that's desk. like almost dying, like with the tongue hanging out of his mouth. Oh. Like. And uh, barely any walking room. <laughs> and the, the door is at the foot of his bed and just. He would tell me stories, and he, oh, the middle of the night, the door would just, just, will sign up. He goes, I've seen it, and then all of a sudden he hears the dog walk over to the next to the bed, and the door dog would go sleep, and and that'd be it. Or he'd hear the dog, and I'm like, dude, that is fucking creepy. Let me tell you something. I know we're a little off topic here, but dude, there is some crazy shit out there. Let me tell you something for the, you know, I know our talk was a little bit about cyber before, and the people that don't, you know, remember, you don't know what you don't know. And, uh, you know, I don't know everything. I know a lot of shit about this stuff. But I'm telling you, like, we don't know anything about that. And no. we don't know anything about this stuff that you're talking about. Um, you know, it's, it's, it is it's freaky. You want to know what drives me freaky. nuts, though? Is how many TV shows they've, they've made on, like, Ghost Hunters and shit like that. And they never come up with anything. Yeah, it's so bullshit. Because that's bullshit. <sighs> But like I'm like if if the if house a camera is... listen if a camera could follow around, think about how awesome it would be if a camera could follow every person around. Oh my god! How much great the... footage would be will get caught? Oh my god! Be how much a... footage we miss because we're not walking around with the camera every day? Well, ne- I'm well, like, damn! I wish I was taping that. Now shit. with technology, most well, of us do have. Yeah, and then you get a fucking then you get a ticket. You see the fucking Ugh. person Snapchatting on the highway. It's like, God damn, put the camera. That makes you me know, think look, of the guy that fell asleep in the Tesla. I, you know, you know, it, you always know when you're, when you're get stuck behind somebody texting because all of a sudden the high, the highway's doing seventy five miles an hour. You're behind somebody. It's everything's going great. Everything's going great, and all of a sudden you look at the speedometer. It starts fucking dropping to like sixty five, sixty. Look what the fuck's going on? You pay, you go around the middle lane now. You pass this person, and, and they fucking text it. Buried in the lap. Based I, on I the got, phone. I got stuck. Behind, and I'm like, ah, uh, oh, there you go. Hello. Yeah, I got stuck behind probably two or three people in the last two. Two days, and you know what? I I kind of believe that texting is texting and driving is inevitable. I will never claim that I've done it, but I say it's inevitable because it's just the way of the world. And the fact that look, if you're gonna text and drive, fine, but don't. It's better than drinking and driving. Yeah, but don't do it on the. I mean, you could do it on the LAE, but just try to pay a little more attention. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it on the southern state. No, it's a bad scene. The southern state, you're gonna fucking kill yourself, somebody don't else, do it. somebody else. The LA is rem- pretty straight for the most part. I, just... I'd say the only safe time to text is in the middle lane on the LAE when you're wide awake. It's like three o'clock in the morning. There's no cars on the road. You can be in the middle lane where three o'clock in the morning. Know, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right? It doesn't fucking exist. It's a fucking. It's a myth. It doesn't exist. <laughs> That's the safest time to, to to text when it doesn't exist. Never, never. No, but uh, you know, listen, dude, it's bad. It's dude, really Ma- bad. Mike, you know Mike, my brother. Yep, nice guy. He's okay. He got fucking T-boned. Some, you know, yep. Some some driver was 
playing fucking Pokemon. Is that really what they were doing? They yeah. were playing Pokemon? Playing Pokemon. T-boned. Just as bad as texting. And Mike's still fucked up from that. Oh, yeah, he is. He is. Thank God he's all right. Yeah. But Thank God. Still some fucking uh, some damage to a him. A good ghost was looking out for him. Yeah, you're not kidding. But that's I didn't know it was over at Pokemon. I thought the person just had blown the red light and wasn't paying attention. No. I know they were fucking playing Pokemon Go. No, yeah. That's crazy. Right? Can you, I, I'll, I never, can you imagine? I'll never forget the the video. Of how much? People. How shitty could you feel if you were playing? How embarrassing. Oh, yeah, horrible. I, but there was a... What the fuck? There was some Pokemon and a thing in like China. And this dude stopped a fucking eight-lane road. Four lanes on both sides. Just walked in the middle of it. Made sure a car stopped. And there was a whole arsenal of people behind him that just followed suit. And they closed off eight lanes of road to catch a Pokemon. I was like, this is... Crazy. I remember that. Crazy. That is nuts. One of the biggest that car accidents in history happened because of fucking Pokemon Go. Remember that whole craze? That's cra- like you know what you know what's weird, right? Isn't that weird? Gone. Isn't that crazy? It was cool for why? Like why do things? Um, let me let, think about this, people. Right? Let, to our listeners, right? Why is it that like something like that can be so crazy? It's the most downloaded app of all time. Right? No, I know, I know. It, it, it like it was like insanity. People were getting into accidents. They were stopping highways. Everyone's chasing the. But like, what happened to it? Like, I haven't I haven't heard about it in months. Nobody's talked about it in months. Actually, ironically enough, fad. I was at a I, guess that's what I was they at call the Buff Show. Oh, speak of the devil! I just opened up the App Store and Pokemon Go comes mm. up. Was it's it catch more than eighty new Pokemon? Let's talk about that for ever. a minute. What Pokemon Go? Well, now that your phone is listening to you. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. But I was gonna say when I was we at, just proved it. Oh yeah, when I was at the Buff Show the other day. Um, the what show? The Buff Show. It's for like is that like Jimmy Buffett no, for no, us no. like uh, you know guys that are like old like me. It's uh, it's for Cheese, uh, cheeseburger in paradise. <laughs> I love cheeseburger. That is a great song I love though. cheeseburger. I've seen him three or four times. You know I've been to uh, cheeseburger in paradise in in Hawaii with a it's a burger with a pineapple on it in Hawaii. It's amazing. Are you serious? Go on. Yes, I'm serious. Jimmy Buffett is a Kappa Sigma. Is he? Oh yeah, he is. Nice. Yep. Um. Little little fun fact for you. You know who's a Lambda Chi Alpha? Harry Truman. Uh, I've heard How about that. that. Yep. Um, Speaking of Japan. Wow. Never mind. Go oh. on. <laughs> um, fuck, I don't even remember. What I was I'm sorry. Go. We do that a lot here. Uh, it's, it's all good. Um, uh, Pokemon Go. I actually just downloaded it again. I kind of want to see what's going on in the Pokemon in the Pokeverse. Um, oh, I saw a dude at the Buff Show, and the Buff Show is for. Uh, it's not. Four, but it's open to the public. A uh, bunch of local firefighters come down, and they see like who's getting the newest truck, the newest technology, this, that, and the other thing. It's not nice. as big. It's not the biggest expo, but it's one of the bigger expos where you can kind of see what's going on in the uh, fire department world, uh, based on new technology, new trucks, new. Uh, I got some serious what. shit, by the way. Yeah, and uh, I ironically enough saw a dude sitting in a booth playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> he was there, and I was like, "Oh shit, you're one of the people that still play." <laughs> far, far few between, but you're still there. I, I'd find it amazing that just like shit becomes just like crazy and then like falls off the planet. And it, it's amazing how like the world forgets about it. Go you on. know, like I think about like what's going on now. Like I don't want to get political or anything. That's the last thing I want to do. But like I think about what's going on now. And now that like like I don't know why I just thought of this, but like in like eight months, is it still going to be going on or is it like? How different is it going to be? Are people just going to forget about it? You shit, know what I mean? Shit like this probably had it's happened. Bizarre. Like, whatever's going on in the country and the world 
had probably happened years and years and years ago. And it has, I mean, it affects us, obviously, but not to the point where it's like we're talking about it like, oh my God, have you seen this? Have you seen this? But because we're in the moment, and I think being in the moment takes a lot of, it's like you're you're there experiencing it. So it's like the newest thing is like what we talk, what we talk about the officer, what you talk about on social media. It's like, oh my God, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Meanwhile, it's, it's not even a blink in the in the timeline of the world, I mean, if you think of the timeline of the line of the world, the four billion, give or take years, you're, I mean, it literally is something smaller than the sheet of paper that humanity has been around, and you're talking about a fraction, something it's that happened crazy. for days, crazy. maybe weeks, happened in in our lifetime where it's like, holy fuck, it's this like is a, pretty crazy. It's a speck. It, it's it it's not even, it's probably not even computationally possible and if it is it's so infinitesimally small in the whole spectrum of floating around on in space on a giant fucking rock around a giant fiery ball it's crazy yet we give a fuck about everything we're going to mars soon dude you hear about today they they found uh i posted actually today when uh i got uh three three notifications i posted two of the ones i saw but uh, and I don't want to fuck this one up, so I'm gonna just pull up my little uh, Instagram feed. Um, astronomers find what is it? Harry T. Barron and yep, Harry T. Barron on the Insta. Uh, astronomers find seven Earth-sized planets around a nearby star, the most potentially habitable planets yeah. ever found around one Dude, star. That's legit. Forty light years away. That's crazy. Which you can never get there. That's the crazy part. We said we couldn't get to the moon. Dude. What the fuck did we do? We got to the that's fucking not, moon. That's not light years away, though. That is very true. It's uh, that's right now. Diff- that's the biggest difference. And you want to know what's crazy? The moon isn't considered a planet, but it's four times bigger than Pluto, and Pluto is considered a planet until well, just a that, short little while They took while that ago. back, and then they made it a planet again, I think, or something. No, I think it's I think it's off the planet I think they, spectrum. They, uh, they took it away. It's yeah. interesting, though. You know, there's also a... Uh, there's a moon. There's a moon close to Saturn as well that... Uh, also, so can show some signs of uh, of life potential. I'm fascinated with uh, Pluto is a dwarf. I'm fascinated planet. with astronomy, so it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty crazy, though. I'm kind of curious to see uh, what will come of this. Do I you, know. Were you? Uh, I don't know if you were working for the nerds at the time when um, the Cradle of Aviation Museum had uh, NASA down there. Um, and I got to, so they did this whole big thing with NASA and I went and they asked me to be part of it. And, uh, which I, of course, you know, accepted humbly. And, uh, I got to hang out with a guy by the name of, uh, Kobe Boykins. Uh, he actually worked at the jet propulsion laboratory, uh, which I believe is in eh, maybe like Pasadena, California, somewhere, Mm. somewhere in California. And, um, the uh, the JPL team uh, was part of the team that made the, or if not the whole team that made the Mars uh, rover happen. And um, he told me a cool story once, and I'll share it with you really quick. <coughs> and then uh, we probably gotta, probably gotta get get going. Is, is this him? By the way? Let me see. That's him. Yeah, uh... he's uh, he's actually on my Instagram feed. You can you can check him out at uh, my Insta, but uh, jrocker twenty two. Um, but anyway, I got to hang out with him, and he told me a funny story, and he said that uh, we built the Mars rover, and, um, you know, we were done building it. 
uh, the prototype. And I guess like the team that like approves things, they were like, like what's up with the tire tracks or something. And the, the, the way that they had laid out the treads on a tire. So when the, so picture the Mars Rover now, you know, p- picture this tread, like a, like a, like almost like a tank, right. Um, you know, traversing Mars, right. Just riding on red sand. Uh, and the treads of the, of the of the tire uh, you know the tire track would say JPL which would be the uh, jet propulsion laboratory that they worked for and they shot it down and uh, they said sorry like you know not happening so because they're scientists right they decided to put Morse code on the treads no. of the tires or, or the the track I don't know what it's called I apologize the it's not a were, there's not tires on the Mars rover it's more like a uh, I'm picturing like a tank, uh, like a tank yeah, style, like a tank tread, like a tank tread right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they they put JPL in Morse code on the uh, tread of the so Mars smart. rover, and uh, we learned all about how the Mars rover, you know, was built. And he he actually was uh, he was actually part of the solar panels that were built um he actually uh, specifically conducted the construction of the solar panels as part of the mars rover and the uh you know in in that mission so pretty cool and we learned how it, how it launched and it was it was crazy man how that thing comes into orbit into a planet you know on a parachute and just needs to land just right on the like they showed this thing it was it, when that when the mars rover uh actually descended out of uh you know forgive me i don't know what my terminology but descended out of the the atmosphere of mars it actually landed um picture it like a giant it was like surrounded by like giant bubble wrap if you will the whole mars rover was surrounded by like giant bubble wrap and i understand that it actually hit the ground of mars okay and actually bounced for miles like it it basically like picture like an inflated balloon with this freaking giant apparatus, you know, this giant tool inside of it, this giant vehicle, uh, bouncing for for like a mile on Mars, mm-hmm. uh, you know, until it was ready to actually um, unfold itself, if you will, and start exploring the planet. And uh, I forget what he said about the the time at which that it landed on Mars to when it actually communicates back to Earth. I think it's like... I think it was like an entire day or, you know, or days even um, that they had lost communication with the rover and uh, it had come back online. Pretty, pretty cool story. But he told this to uh, tons of schools here on Long Island. Um, One of the schools that actually attends the cradle on a regular basis, the Westbury, uh, one of the Westbury public schools. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was phenomenal. This guy was he was like, he was a cool guy. He was like a little quirky. He was like scientisty. He was like really just, you know, like yeah, this is definitely uh, a NASA crazy. guy. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Crazy. And he actually signed a picture. It's in the. It's in my office. Uh, there's a picture of the Mars rover, and it says to the nerds, uh, you know, from Kobe Boykins and the the J the Jet Propulsion Laboratory team. Uh, it's pretty cool. So, that's nuts. Cool story. Crazy world we live in. Man, Mars. Who would have thought? You can actually see it tonight. If you look to the west, uh, you'll see a really bright star in the sky. Um, that'll be Venus. 
um, planet, sorry, you'll, you'll see what you think is a star. It's a planet, Venus, and then directly left and up from that, you'll see a little red planet. It'll be Mars. There you go. So Boom. everybody that's listening tonight, you go outside your little damn house, or big damn house, and you look for uh, look for Mars. And it is uh, February 22nd, just to just to say the date. No, they'll, they'll. I mean, hopefully they'll they'll see it when uh, when it comes on. By the way, well, no, you know, when you listen to when you're listening to my podcast in May or June, you know, sorry, mm, you know, true, true, you know, true. Oh, you're not gonna, it'll shift a little yeah, bit. Yeah, oh, it'll shift all right. So pretty wild. Do you uh, want to keep this bad boy going? Or you want to wrap this thing up here? Whatever you want to do, pal. I'm uh, I'm here uh, for you. Well, it's nine o'clock at night. So we wrap this bad boy up. Wrap it up. We uh, thanks for listening. We're going to be back at the office in uh, eleven and a half hours. Yeah, it's no big deal. So. All right, everybody. The uh, thanks for listening. This was the uh, the brutally honest podcast with Harrison Barron, and today we were joined by James Rocker, the uh, president and CEO of Nerds That Care. And uh, thank you, Harrison. Appreciate you having me tonight. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Until next time. Take care, everybody. Peace.